Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast brought to you uh, by Adoption at Heart, our sponsor. Uh, my name is Luke Atford and as ever I am joined by the one, the only, Mr Joe Massey, Expressing Stars Albion correspondent. Joe, how are we doing sir? I'm very well mate, I'm very well mate, thank you for asking. Uh, how are you, are you alright? I'm okay, I've just about recovered from our, our long old journey to and from Bournemouth. Um, I've got to give you a shout out for Bournemouth. Actually, I've got to give you a shout out because have you? Well, you did that. You did a great job. I've got to give it to you. I've got to give it to you because you drove, didn't you? Yeah. You drove all the way there, all the way back again. While yeah, I was just a happy passenger. And yes, mate, you got us back. Great time, didn't you? I, in the end. I mean, yeah. I I, I got into bed. I tucked myself into bed about quarter past three in the morning. Ah, did you? I was getting about home by about then. Because you dropped me off in Birmingham about half two, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, mate, I've got to say, so if we played a game all the way back. It was me, you and Joe Chapman, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we played a game where basically we just had to list things, didn't we? Until, we, until you couldn't list any more of them. So like, for example, we were like, one of them was like sports brands. So yeah. we were going like Nike, Adidas, whatever. Until we just couldn't name them anymore. And mate, I've got to say, your capital city knowledge. I was, I was amazed, mate. Oh, are you really? I was amazed. You literally know the capital city of everywhere. Oh well, I don't. I'm not going to go that far because there will be someone listening to this who knows more <laughs> than me. But I, I love a bit of capital city banter. I threw it out there. Let's play. Let's go for capital cities as a category. Thinking not a lot of it. Oh my god, it was like your dream scenario, wasn't it? Yeah. So. In terms of like stuff I like talking about, football's up there, food is up there, and then random capital cities is up there. I would say if you were going on Mastermind, your specialist subject would be capital cities. I'd have to do research. There's some which I just do not know. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know what it is. I, lo- I love a bit of capital cities. We, for, for those listening and don't know what, what on earth we're going on about, there's a game show called Who Dares Wins, and it used to be on the National Lottery. I'm sure people listening to this will know I'm on about but you basically, you you go around a group of you and you say, I can name three of those, I can name four, I can name five. We, we kind of tweaked the rules where we didn't say how many we were going to name. We just went round in a circle until someone couldn't and then they were out. Yeah, it's a good game, wasn't it? Pass the time. If I tell you what, that two and a half hour journey felt like, felt like 60 minutes. <laughs> but mate, I was impressed. I was impressed. Your capital city knowledge is better than your football knowledge. Oh, Don't well, take that's, that the right way. <laughs> that's not hard, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> No. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's predicting Newcastle to, to, to go down and, and they finished with an absolute uh, aplomb. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll ignore my football knowledge and let's just talk capital cities in future. Um, did you enjoy your Mackies on the way in? Because this was this was the issue we had when we were travelling back. Everywhere was closed. It was so late. We'd been there so long. We did all our work. Couldn't find anywhere to eat on the way back. So you literally had a Mackies at three in the morning. No, it was a half two, it was when you dropped me off. And I was so like... I, do you know what? When we started playing that game, I was about to fall asleep in the, in the back of your car. Mm. But the game was so good that it, we just it carried on playing, up. didn't we? Yeah, like, and then I got, got, got to Birmingham, I was like, right, I've got another hour to go now before I get home. It's half two in the morning, and there's a Mackey's literally where you dropped me off. Yeah. So I did, I got some chicken nuggets and some chips and a coffee. Oh, good Did you move. get anything to eat in the end? Because you were hungry as well, weren't you? I got him and I just raided the fridge for uh, leftovers. Ah, uh, did you? It was a, it, I had a, like, there was a, a lamb burger 
um, and I just threw it in a burger bun, and that was that was it. Lamb burgers, I don't really understand, to be honest. A minted lamb can't go yeah. wrong, mate. You'd rather have beef, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, but lamb, lamb's lamb's like a like a luxury. I feel like you can have lamb like once every couple months, whereas beef burger, like beef burger, you could have like every week. Don't see why you'd ever buy a lamb burger, to be honest. Oh, I can't but... go wrong with a bit of lamb. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on, indeed. Um, how did you enjoy the return of competitive football? Let's talk about it. Bournemouth 2, Albion 2. What a bloody game. Great game. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, we can't said it all before, haven't we, really, on the video. But, yeah, what a game. Um, are we analysing it now? Is that this section? Yeah, this... so I've got, I've, got, I've got five talking points. Okay. Are we, are we in analysis now? Is this, is this talking point number one? Talking point number one is, how's that for heart attack football? Okay, yeah, well, let's go with that then. So, it is Ismail's philosophy. So, what I would say is, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we've been talking about valuable, we've been talking about high intensity, we've been talking about pressing, mm. uh, we've been saying a little bit like it's even more extreme than like Liverpool's and Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp. And what I would now say is, is while we were talking about all those things, you don't really understand valuable until you see it. No. Um, and let's be honest, it's mental. It's so blood and thunder. It's blood and thunder. So basically, for those who weren't at the game, I'm sure, like, and I'm sure most people watched it on TV, but your three centre, we all know he's playing three four three. Your three centre backs basically spend the majority of their time on the halfway line. Yeah. They they literally squeeze the opposition. So the word is squeeze. They just push them and push them back. Um, so basically they've got to play in their own half the vast majority of football this season will be played in the opposition's half I think um, for Albion then you've got your wing backs that are effectively playing as wingers Yeah. they're so high and winning balls on the edge of the box they're literally on the corner of corner of the penalty area aren't they pretty much pretty much at the same height of the pitch as them often are the two central midfielders Livermore yeah. and Mower, who are also tasked with winning balls high up the pitch. Um, and then you've got the front three that are absolutely pressing as if their futures depend on it, which they do, because if they don't press, they won't play under Ismail. Mm. Um, and it is just, I mean, I said it before, it's genuinely exhausting to watch. What it's like to play him, I can't imagine. I mean, even uh, David Button's like six yards out of his bloody penalty area. Everyone is just so... For, I mean, look, yeah, everyone knows I love Football Manager. I mean, it's it's like super high line of intensity, super high line of engagement, whatever you say on Football Manager, I can't remember, but you're literally squeezing the lines as far as they will go. Um, but it's high risk. Um, it's high, high risk because... The line is so high, that defensive line is so high. It's not an exaggeration to say that the space in behind, I mean, you've, it's almost an entire half at times Yeah. Um, that a striker's got to run into. And there is so, it leaves so much space. to it. And one good out ball, and I mean one good out ball, and you, you're potentially in trouble... Um, mm. And we saw that a few times. Again, I think that's, it's got to be said that's with a pacey striker. And Bournemouth did have a pacey striker in Dominic Solanke. Yeah. I've got to say, if, team, if Albion come up against a team without a pacey striker, I think that team's in trouble. 
I, I, I think Albion are going to blow away a lot of teams this season that haven't got that player, uh, blow away teams that are in the lower half of the table. Mm. But if you have got someone up top, you are basically one long ball away from Carl, whoever's the back three is, Carl Bartley, whoever it is, turning round, having to turn round and run at their own goal and be in a foot race with a striker. Um, obviously, you've got the keeper that can come out as well. Um, but it's high risk um, in that you're back, sense. You're, you're back in the lino a lot in a, in a, in a league without VAR, by the way. Yeah, true. I mean, it's, it's uh, the irony is, obviously, Alvin probably would have won that game with VAR. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I'm still rather not have it than have it. But, yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy football. I mean, it's I don't like saying that, really, because it, it's a... It's a proper tactic. Like it's, I mean, it's a clear, clear, clear philosophy. Uh, it's going to be amazing to watch. It's so entertaining to watch. So entertaining. And I think for too many teams, it's going to be too much. Albion are just going to blow teams away. Mm. But they are going to concede goals. They are going to get caught out. Um, and I suppose Ismail's whole sort of basis is that they will score more goals this way than they will concede. And... His success at Barnsley and his, his success with Lask in Austria suggests he's right. That mm. um, more often than not, this this um, style of football will will get them the results they need. But I mean, it's going to be a heck of a ride. It's going to be a heck of a ride. It's a it's a it's a thrilling way to play. It really is. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how the Hawthorns handles it on Saturday. Um, next point: Dara O'Shea's excellence. What a player. What oh, a player he is. Oh, I'm loving the fact you said that. Loving the fact you said that. So, just very quickly on the fans. Ismail said after the game he can't wait to play at the Hawthorns. Because because that style of play just naturally gets fans behind you. Mm. They love seeing you win the ball high up the pitch. They love seeing effort and energy and application and crunching tackles. And it is direct... But it's not direct. It's not horribly direct. Like it's not, it's not blindly direct, is it? There's 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 a clear aim. There's got, the odd time when the ball is, if you're under pressure, where it's just hoofed up. There's it, it happens in any system. There's the odd time, but with Albion, every time they play that on ball forward, it it always seems to be one which is aimed toward a winger. Yeah, I think if you wrote it down on paper. And you were telling it, trying to explain it to someone, it wouldn't sound great, to be honest. Like they'd be like, "Oh, that doesn't sound great." Like it's direct football, but but the the whole intensity of it and the way the players are com- committed to it makes it enthralling. Like it it really is entertaining, and I think everyone could see that the other night. Um, but yeah, crazy, crazy. But yeah, the fans are going to get behind it. Hawthorns is going to be rocking with this style of play. I'm absolutely sure it will be. In terms of Dar Roche, I've been saying it for ages. I think he's just an absolute gem um, of a player. I think post-lockdown, when Albin struggled coming back from when football restarted, I think he was probably Albin's best player for long spells. He really mm. he scored some big goals. Um, he scored some important goals. He got another one at Bournemouth. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just full of heart, full of desire, and a really good defender. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. 
Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 553818. But O'Shea has been absolutely fantastic, Joe. Genuinely, when he when you consider he's playing on the left side of a three as well, which isn't his natural side, I've always fantastic. Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah he's brilliant. I mean, he, I think Sam Billick said it last season, didn't he? He's Albion's present and he's Albion's future. Um, I couldn't agree more. So committed, so full of heart. Just a a genuinely good defender as well. Um, he's just yeah, he's gonna. I mean, I could. You very rarely see like one club men anymore, do you? Like, I mean, especially like the Harry Kane situation, bits and bobs like that. But I can see Dar Roche being being there for so long, like ten years long potentially. Mm. Um, I think he's going to be an Albion legend, the really. Day. The thing is, as well, because he's so young, he's going to keep improving as well. Yeah, good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially at centre back, you do get better with age, don't you? So, and I think he's going to play regularly for the Republic of Ireland. That'll improve him as well. Um, yeah, just pleased. I'm just pleased, really, because I felt for so long, really, since the start of football restart from lockdown, I felt he's been such an important player for Albion. It's nice to see him getting all these plaudits really because he is a, he's, a, he's a smashing lad and a smashing player yeah definitely is now my third point Joe and this is my favourite moment of the game I think it was a favourite moment for everyone really uh, other than the Bournemouth fans Callum Robinson's goal the second one oh my word that is Ishmael Ball at his finest for me yeah great yeah great goal yeah um, it's it, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was Ishmael Ball, wasn't it? It was, it was complete Ishmael. It was winning it high. And Matt Phillips had just come on a couple of minutes earlier and he made a big difference, it has to be said. Mm. Um, he made a really big... I think Phillips is going to thrive under Ishmael. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, he got his new contract last week, um, which is really good news for him. So, yeah, look, they, I think it was... Was it Moet and Townsend combined high up? It was sort of... I can't remember who won the ball and Phillips slipped Moet in. He crossed it. For unbelievable finish from Callum Robinson. And his celebration was... Magic, really. Um, mm. He was straight over to the fans. It means the world to him. It does mean the absolute world to him. He's so desperate to be a success at Albion. Um, so, yeah, special, great goal. Fa like, fabulous finish and, uh, yeah, really good moment. I had someone tweet me afterwards saying that he's probably the best finisher at the football club and I couldn't think of anyone who would be better, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably... Probably... Right, it's diff it's different a difficult one, isn't it? Because he he I don't think anyone's listened to this and thinking Callum Robinson is an out and out striker. Mm. But he is because he is a good finisher, he's obviously been sort of experimented with in that role. Um Yeah. He's a oh, look, he's a very good finisher. The, the goals he scored against Chelsea last season a testament to that, weren't they? Especially the two at the Hawthorns. I mean the the goals that at Stamford Bridge, were, it was a brilliant finish, but the ones at the Hawthorns were, were top draw finishes. Like 
really. They were, I mean, they were proper strikers' finishes. Mm. Um, he is a very, very good finisher. I think, look, I think he's at his best off, off the left um, and given almost like a free roll off the left, really, being able to cut inside and get shots away and play balls through and rather than being that central man again on the end of things. But, yeah, he's a, he's a, look, I'm a massive Colin Robinson fan. I think he's a really, really good player, especially at this level. Um, he's top he's top drawer in the championship and fingers crossed that hopefully one day he can prove he can be just as effective in the Premier League mm. point four I've got on my five point list Joe the team selection I think everyone was surprised by the inclusion of Cedric Kipra and the omission of one Shemi Ajayi but also the fact that they were a man short in terms of the entire squad Yes, yeah, so I think this is, I think this is the first point worth making. Darro is a good player. Callum Robinson's a good finisher. I agree with your points, but this is a genuine talking point. Um, yeah, I mean they're all talking points, but well, yeah, but yeah, all right, I'll let you have them. This one's serious. This one's serious. So more serious. Um, the the, the selection of Cedric Kipra over Semi Ojai was raised eyebrows before kickoff. Yeah. It seems even more strange now, in hindsight. Yeah. Um, it wasn't... You ha- in my opinion, it was a decision that w- was wrong. Ismail got that one wrong. Um, Kipra... Look, Albion are being told to play front-footed, play aggressive, win the ball high, be really, really front-footed. And that's what Kipra tried to do for the opening goal. He was aggressive, he tried to win the ball. What happened? He overcommitted... He got himself in a muddle. He then made sort of a recovery tackle that didn't go to plan. And Bournemouth are in. I, I stand by what I said on the video. I, I, now I've seen it more and more and more. I really think Button could have done better um, with that first goal. One of my favourite people on Twitter, Mary Wilson, she made a great point that we are judging. I'm judging Button by Johnston's standards, which, yeah. which isn't necessarily fair. But I believe Johnson saves that. I be- I'm not saying David Burton isn't a good goalkeeper. He's probably a decent championship goalkeeper. But Sam Johnston is a top Premier League goalkeeper. Mm. And for me, top Premier League goalkeepers save that. And when you've got one sat on the bench, that's difficult to take, in my opinion. So yeah. I-, I personally think Johnston saves that first one. Look, Kipra, yeah, overcommitted. Um, it was his first game in English football for a very long time. Well, for a year. Um, I gotta be honest. I don't think he was great. He, we, Ismail was asked about the selection of Kipra, um, but after the game, he basically said that for start, Matt Clark would have played if yeah. Matt Clark hadn't. Lit, Matt Clark literally got out of bed on the morning of the game, said he felt he had a hip problem or something. I can't remember what exact problem it was, but a slight injury, and. Um, yeah, he was. They put him for a little training session, and he didn't feel like he could, he could play. So, so Kipra came in for Matt Clark. Now, that that really surprises me. I'm I, I'm genuinely amazed to be sat here and saying, as it stands, Shemi Ajayi is Albion's fifth choice centre back, mm. um, because I think he's probably our our best centre back. If I'm honest, in my opinion, look, Carl Bartley's been great last season, um, but for me, in this in this system in particular, with his pace, yeah. Like Albion played a high line under Slaven Bilic, and they were able to play that high line because of Shemi Ajay's pace. Mm. They're playing an even higher line now. Um, it's amazing because on paper to me, 
Ajay is tailor-made for this system. Yeah. Um, was really surprised to see him on the bench. Was really surprised Kipra got the nod. For me, Ajay plays every every week. Um, so, yeah, going to be interesting to see what happens against Luton. I, I, I'm so surprised to see Ajay out of the team. Yeah. That I almost can't say I'd be surprised if he was left out again. I'm just shocked that he was left out. Is it like there must there must be a reason for it? Ismail said that basically Kipra's better on the ball, more calm on the ball. Um, that's why he went for him in that game. He wanted his his ability to play out. He's a bit more, but yeah, I was I was really surprised by that one. Yeah, I mean, first half in particular, there were a number of times where Solanke was was running deep and. I mean, the wingers as well. And I didn't back any of Albion's three centre-halves in a in a foot race with him. And Ajayi, I would have backed him. Ajayi is quick. He's rapid. And I know he might not be as technically polished, maybe, as, as, as other centre-backs. But I just, I just... It seems such a strange decision. And it kind of puts us on to the next one because you kind of mentioned it as well. The goalkeeper conundrum. It looks like Sam Johnston now, barring a, a late shift, um, could well be could well be at the club for the rest of the season. It wouldn't shock me. Um, just given the market for him is so small and no one's really willing to meet Albion's valuation of him. What do you do for Luton? Because for me, you can't... I just... I don't see a world in which you leave Sam Johnson on the bench. You just have to play him. I, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see how you can't play him. Um, you just. Um, you just have. Um, and and what we know about Sam throughout this whole process. Well, we knew it anyway. But what what we know about Sam throughout this whole process is. He's he's a he's a top professional. We know he wants to play. We know he came back early from. Uh, his break from England. Ismail wanted him to give him a bit more time to get him up to speed. Um, but he's clo- He's getting ready. He's getting ready to play and I think you have to play him. I just, mm. I just think you have to play him on Saturday. He, the, he is quality. That is the word for him. He, he, is, he, he is quality. And and there, there aren't many sort of quality, quality players in the championship really. But in his position, he is quality. Um, so he, he has to play. And do you know what? We could, he could play against Luton and he could make a mistake. He could. And it could end up in the back of the net and so be it. But over the course of a season, if Albion do have Sam Johnson in guard, they're, they're going to be so much stronger for it. Mm. Um, that's, not, that's, not, that's not... I don't mean that... That's not harsh to David Button. Like this, we're talking about a goalkeeper who... Has just been part of the England squad that got to the European, the finals of the European Championship. We're talking top of the game here. Yeah. Um, so I just think, yeah, the sooner Sam Johnson's available for selection, the better, really. Yeah. Um, his, his, his work on social media as well got a lot of fans riled up, didn't it? That that old, you know, cryptic tweet with the with the. With the egg timer or the the sand hourglass. Yeah, so a lot of people have read into that that it's a contract thing. I think it's just a I'm going to be playing soon thing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think it's anything to do with the contract. There's been reports he's been offered a new contract. I've not, like I said on the podcast last week, I've not been able to stand that up. So we're gonna have to. I'm gonna go, like everyone else. I'm gonna have to see on that front. But yeah, I think from what I gather, it was a a patience thing, as in we're soon gonna be soon gonna be playing rather than. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's a cryptic tweet. Sam Johnson yeah. has put out a cryptic <laughs> tweet. He really has. Uh, yeah, um, some people as well fooled by uh, Ishmael's post-match press conference uh, or post-match interview with Sky, um, but I think he's just talking about like that some contracts have been signed, not Sam's contract has been signed. Yeah, that 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 sort of boomed immediately after the game, and then it's sort of I think it's died down a lot since. I think people have realised what actually happened. Obviously, Ishmael is French; um, he speaks with an accent and. Yeah, he did say it was good news that some players have extended their contracts. Those players being Matt Phillips, Carl Bartley and Darnell Furlong. Mm. I think a few people took it as Sam has extended his contract instead of some when he said some. But yeah, that, obviously I think that's died down a bit now. Yeah. It, it was those three players that signed the contracts and Sam is remains in the position he's in. I said on the podcast last week, I'd be absolutely amazed. Um, if he has been offered a new deal, he will not be signing it in this transfer window. He will yeah. not. Yeah. Because anything could happen. Anything could happen. Um, you never, yeah, you never know. Like, say a goalkeeper in the Premier League gets injured on this weekend and is out for nine months. Yeah, and I'd be, I'd be amazed if it appears that Arsenal want Aaron Ramsdale as their number one target this summer. I'd be amazed. Uh, I'm amazed that Sam Johnson isn't above him in the pecking order anyway. But I'd be amazed yeah. if Sam Johnson isn't their number two target. Um, so. Look, I, I, to be honest, I expect him to stay. Is mm. I, I do expect him to stay. But if Arsenal can't get a deal done for Aaron Ramsdale this window, it would not surprise me if late in the window suddenly they table an offer for Sam Johnston. Um, anything can happen. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be expecting any Johnston contract news soon. No. And all I can say is, if I was in Sam Johnston's shoes, I wouldn't be signing anything soon. No. I think it's very, no. very understandable. Um, for him to see what's going to happen. Mm. Uh, let's talk transfers now, Joe, because we're still in the transfer window. Anything can happen. Players can sign, players can leave. Um, people will be tracking flights from Barcelona to wherever because Lionel Messi is available, um, although it looks like he's certain for PSG. Um, let's let's talk with someone. Uh, we'll start with Romain Sawyers. Let's start with Romain Sawyers. Um, links regarding him to Stoke. Yeah, so what we understand is that Stoke have expressed an interest in Simon Sawyers. Um but that he is yeah, I don't I don't think it's particularly close. Mm. Um is that there's that expression of interest as and, and and we'll see where it goes from there. I certainly don't think he's gonna be announced as a Stoke player in the next twenty four hours or something like that. Uh, could be proved wrong on these things because things can move very quickly, but I'm not expecting it anytime soon. Um, yeah, I can go on a bit of a rant about Sawyers. Um, oh, go on. Because the criticism he gets and some of the comments he gets on social media absolutely enrage me, if I'm honest. Like, I see that, that those, like, I mean, what can I say? I can only say what I think. Those websites that you sell your soul to, to do all these clickbait, <laughs> clickbait nonsense websites that Express and Star journalist Luke Hatfield says that it'd be great for Albion to sign by the anger again. All that nonsense should come out. It would be good. Oh, mate, come on. 
Um, but I'm anyway. not saying it's happening. I'm saying it'd be good. Yeah. Anyway, those nonsense of websites that I'll repeat you so sold to. Um, <laughs> like they, they formulate like Twitter responses to the news that Sawyer's could go and stuff. And yeah, some of the comments are absolutely like atrocious. And like, I just can't believe them. I just genuinely, genuinely can't believe them. For like, there's so much I could say on it. Like for starters, like he is genuinely Albion through and through. Mm. He's he's an Albion fan. He absolutely adores playing for the club. Adores it. He genuinely is one of your own. Genuinely is one of your own. That's the first. Like so, to, for for some of the people to say the things they say about him, just you can't talk about another Albion fan like that. That's just not right. Like just absolutely like just it just annoys annoys me so much. The second point I make on Sawyer's is. Everyone listening to this podcast knows that Albion didn't come back well after lockdown. Yeah. From March to whenever Football Project Restarts happened to Albion getting over the line, they they hauled themselves over the line. There were reasons for that. The pressure on them was intolerable. Brentford couldn't cope with it either as soon as it was on them. There were reasons for it. But... But they struggled. There's no doubt about it. The reason why they basically got over the line was because they were so good before lockdown. Mm. When it was, I think I'm right in saying this. The last game before lockdown was Swansea away. It was a draw, I think, nil nil or one one. I can't remember. And that was the day Albion slipped to second in the championship. I think this is all yeah. right, but it's all off the top of my head. Leeds Leeds took them over that day. Other than that, Albion had been top for months, right? So it was lockdown that derailed Albion. They were ten points clear. Um, yeah, it was lockdown that derailed them. If lockdown hadn't happened, if coronavirus hadn't have happened, Leeds and Albion would have gone up, probably gone up at a can. They they would have been. They probably would have kept their ten point cushion over Brentford. To be honest, there was no reason. It was it was lockdown and and everything that derailed Albion. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So Romain Sawyer's right was absolutely integral to that side. That was that was basically top of the championship from September through to March. Absolutely integral to it. Like Slavon Bilic called the team his, his metronome. And do you know what? He ended the season, I've said this a million times, with a 90% pass completion rate. No other midfielder in the championship did that. Not one. Not a single one. He was the only one who did it. Yeah. So, do you know what? Like, he loves Albion. He was damn good that season. He's a really good bloke who does loads of charity. His mum does loads of charity in the region. I just can't believe the criticism he's got. I just can't believe it. I just think it's, like, absolutely despicable. He deserves so much more respect than some of the comments he's got. It really annoys me. Hmm. Absolutely not on. Um, and Twitter in general is, is a little bit of a cesspit at times, let's be honest. Yeah, um, well, yeah. I mean, it can be a great place, but it can be a horrible place. And... Yeah, just not not happy with that. I have got a beam and bonnet about it, as you can probably tell. I just think it's like bang out of order, really. Yeah. The question, I suppose, is would he need replacing if if he was to go? So that is that is a question, and I, look, my answer is yes. Um, we don't know how much um, we don't know how many more signings Albion are going to make. Look, they want a striker. They're absolutely in for a striker. Mm. Um, I thoroughly expect him to sign a striker by the end of the transfer window. 
for me, if Sawyer's goes, they need they need another central midfielder. I, to be honest, a part of me thinks they need one anyway. Yeah. Um, I think as it stands, the midfielders are obviously Jake Livermore and Alex Moa. I think Robert Snodgrass has been earmarked for a central midfield role. Mm. Um, remain and then Kevin Castro. Yeah. Well. I mean, Kevin Castro is making all the right noises, and he's done very well by all accounts. And it sounds like he's got a real—he's got the potential to have a real big future in the game. But I mean, he's come from non-league football. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hell of an ask to ask him to basically play twenty games or fifteen games or whatever in the championship this season for a side that we hope will be going for the title, certainly going for promotion. I mean, not certainly going for promotion. I mean, I don't think you can really ask the league. Um, is Robert Snodgrass a central midfielder? I think he can definitely do a job there, but he's but with, can he play at the intensity Ismail wants? I'm not sure. We're going to have to wait and see. It looks like Sawyer's could be off. And I, I, I mean, I, I thought Moet was brilliant in the night, and I've got to say, everyone knows I think Jake Livermore's fantastic. But I mean, let's be honest, a pair of them are walking bookings, aren't they? Uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if one of them gets booked every game. I can I completely agree, and that's partly because of the system they're playing. Yeah. Like the, they are massively exposed to the counter attack in this system. Um, so that, I mean, both of them took one took bookings for the team, didn't they, at Bournemouth? Yeah. Um, and that's going to happen. I mean, uh, I, one of them's going to be banned in October. Let's be honest. Might be, but <laughs> might be before. I mean, they're going to get they're going to pick up cards. They they really are. What what are the odds of one of them misses the sixth game of the season? <laughs> I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? No, it's really not. The one thing I would say um, to counter your argument is that Matt Phillips could play there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Um, I just feel like Al- last... Albion have more than enough cover on the wings. I think. Yeah, they got more than enough cover on the wings. I'm just asking so much of Matt Phillips. I feel like I just feel a bit like I'm starting to feel a bit sorry for him. He's got to be our winger, our central striker, our central midfielder, our deputy right back, right wing back. So it's all going a bit. I mean, if Matt Phillips gets injured, we're in trouble, aren't we? Because he's <laughs> he's basically <laughs> I, doing the job of about five people. I heard he was doing the catering <laughs> on Saturday. Kit man, he is. Yeah, uh, is he mowing the lawns too and doing the lines? Bless him, he's doing everything. <laughs> no wonder he's just got a three-year deal. He's got about fifteen jobs to do. Of course he is. He's probably agreed to them all. <laughs> People wondering why he got a three-year deal is because he's willing to do that. You'll you'll be walking through the um through the ticket barriers. He'll be there. He's indispensable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. We haven't talked about this since um since happened. Matthias Pereira confirmed he's gone to Al Halal. I mean, we were we always sensed there was an interest from Saudi Arabia, but it was always kind of brushed off as if that they're not going to have the money. Or they're not going to put in a bid to really get Albion to the table with a deal over over him, but it's happened. I mean, of that, they must have upped their bid, surely. Yeah, well, yeah, they 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 upped the bid. I mean, they upped the bid from the from the, the well, the rivalry one it was originally. We look, there's no everyone's going to be listening to this wanting me to tell them what the fee was. I don't know what the fee is. If if I did, I would I would do a story on it. Um, it's a difficult one to get to the bottom of. Look, Albion, Albion have announced it, it's undisclosed, so that sort of shuts off every avenue there, and we're not going to get the information from Albion. 
Pereira, I've got to be honest, I mean, I never actually interviewed him um, in mm. the time he was at the club. I sort of... Did, he was going to do it... They sort of... He was... When he first joined, his English wasn't up to it. His English improved a lot. But they, we've never really had anything to do with him um, or anyone associated with him, really. So... It's hard to get the information from that end. And then obviously the other end, I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit it, I've got absolutely no contacts in Saudi Arabia, like none. Mm. Um, bar a hell of a lot of journalists who started DMing me from Saudi Arabia when the news was announced, but who all told me varying things that were all turned out to be wildly wrong in the <laughs> end anyway. So Every tweet, I'm sure, I put out on on Friday night, someone replied to me, from Saudi Arabia with the bloody announcement video. Oh yeah. Every tweet. Then yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're big on that announcement video, aren't they? Which is which is like Have you ever clapped at a press I've conference? Never clapped at a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre. No, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. Uh transfer market reporting the fee at sixteen point two million. Yes. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, look, the, the the reports from Saudi Arabia are there's seventeen million pounds, twenty million euros. I think it split into two instalments. Um, if that's the fee, that's uh, I don't. I, I I wouldn't transfer market get a lot. There's a lot of stuff on there that's very very hit and miss. So, but that 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 that's the figures coming out of Saudi Arabia, which to be honest is the best we we've got to go on. Um, at this moment in time. Is it below his valuation? Yes, there's no doubt about it, it is. Um, two reasons really why Albion haven't got what I think most people would expect. I think anyone saying he's worth over 25 million is not living in cloud cuckoo land, but it's not, it's not, it's not the reality. 25 million I think is the fair price for Pereira now. Yeah. Um, I think Albion started, wanted 30 million at the start, but I think that was with the with the aim of getting twenty five million in the end. You just you gotta go high and you got everyone low bids, don't they, with their first bid and everyone says they want more at the start. It's like yeah. buying a house or whatever. So I think twenty five million is probably the right right amount. Seven million or eight million less than having a sudden seven, eight million less for two reasons really. There's no doubt about it, he wanted to go. Yeah. Um no doubt. I mean his statement said, isn't it? Um yeah. Um so, I think it was getting to the stage where it could have got disruptive, um, and I think I think it's better for everyone if if Mateus Pereira isn't at Albion now. I think everyone needs to move on from it. Um, and the second reason why I didn't get as much money from it is because no one else bid. Yeah. Um, and that is the big problem with it. I'm, like I said last week, I'm sure if it wasn't if it wasn't COVID, I'm sure for the market, if clubs in Europe had more money, I think there would have been a lot more takers. And I think Alvin would have got to the 25 million. Who knows? They may have even got to the 30 million. But you can't have a bidding war with one bidder. No. And when it was abundantly clear Pereira wanted to go, it was abundantly clear Ismail wanted him gone. Um, mm. So when that's the situation, your value diminishes, doesn't it? You, you're going to get less. Yeah. So the £17 million fee suddenly... There's a, there's no doubt about it. He's worth more, but there, there does seem a bit of sense to it. Yeah. 
Um, and it does give Albion at least some money coming through, which you think would help in terms of signing a striker, maybe. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So from what we understand, is, look, they're not... We've said many a times that Albion's budget this season is dependent on Sam Johnston and Pereira leaving, really, how much they're going to spend. Pereira's obviously gone now. Gone for less than they're expecting. Sam Johnston might stay. So look, they're not... Not, not flush with cash. So there's Al Halil pay if it's in two installments or whatever. But what we understand is that Ismail has got funds available to bring in a striker. How much it is is I, I genuinely don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, we said it earlier in the podcast. I'd be amazed. All well, all I can say is for certain is Albion are working to bring in a striker. Yeah, they are working to do that. There's no guarantee they will because. You can never guarantee it, but I thoroughly expect them to sign a striker before the transfer window closes. And I think everyone knows they need an out-and-out centre-forward in the squad. Yeah, they they do. And the big name that's that's been linked, and understandably, is Daryl Dykes. And that's because he's he knows Ismail's system. He was there at Barnsley, albeit on loan. Yeah, so, the sto- yeah, so from what I understand, so Daryl Dykes' name's all over social media today. Um, yeah, I understand that he's on Albion's shortlist. Basically, I can't add any more than that to it. Um, he is. There's there's multiple players on on the striker shortlist. He's on it. Liam Delap's on it at Man City. Um, yeah. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Delap's name is on well, he, every single Championship side's uh, shortlist. He, he, he basically is. Uh, and that's been that's been confirmed. I mean, Gary Rowett and Millwall has literally said that exact thing that every club in the Championship wants to sign him on loan. So, I mean, we know he's been stokering for him. Michael O'Neill said that. So, he with the lap. So with Dyke, first of all, what we understand is that his loan fee is very very expensive. It's basically like a signing. It's like yeah, it's very. It was it. It was the case with Barnsley last season, wasn't it? Um, so it's not going to be cheap to get him, and even then, you were only getting him on loan. Um, could Albion do something where it's a loan with an obligation to buy if they win promotion to the Premier League? I think that's I think that's probably what we're looking at, something like that. Mm. Um, if a deal for Dyke is to be done, so he's he's on the shortlist, is what we can say for certain that he is on the shortlist. Um, Delap, yeah, like I said, everyone wants him. What would what would maybe make me think Delap is more possible than anyone else? And why I think Albion has got a got a good chance signing is I think because so many teams want Delap that he is in a position where he just has to wait now until like the last couple of days of the window. Because yeah. he might as well assess he might as well look at the club. I don't know how many games we'll have played. It'd be three or four or whatever. But he might as well look at the table after those games and look at those games and go, right, who do I think is going to be challenging this season? Who do I think is going to play in a way that is going to suit my game? Who, is, who Which team is going to be set up so I'm playing with players who are going to create chances for me? Because he's got so many options. Yeah. He just doesn't need to make a decision today. There's just no need. He can just learn from the information of the next few weeks. So I would imagine, based on that, Albion should have a really good chance. Mm. Because 
I do. I genuinely do expect them to be top four this season. I, like, I'd, I'd be amazed if they're not top four. If I was a striker, I'd love to play with Grady Dean Garner and Carlin Grant and Callum Robinson and Matt Phillips. Um, yeah. If he's centre to those and has two of those either side of him, he's going to get chances, in my opinion. You look at Connor Townsend. What I mean, he's an unbelievable crosser of the ball. Connor Townsend is unbelievable yeah. crosser of the ball. So. For me, Albion have got to be a very, very attractive proposition to Liam Delap. Um You look at the teams around them as well. Fulham, they've got Mitrovic. Um, yeah, Sheffield United. Sheffield United have got Brewster. They've got McBurney. They've got McGoldrick. Um, they've got Moussa. And then you look at Bournemouth. They've got Solanke there already. They're at... Those are the three other really big teams. And I'm not saying they're completely set in that position. But he'd, he'd be nailed on to be starting for Albion. Would he be nailed on starting for those other clubs? I think that's a very good point. I think that's a very good point. Look, the intriguing one's Stoke. Because yeah. his dad's there. Rory Delaps his dad. Um, he's part of the coaching staff at Stoke. Michael O'Neill is on record as saying that that will have absolutely no impact on where Liam Delap goes. Yeah. Um but won't it? Yeah, you can say that. But when push comes to shove I think it might it might have some sort of sway. Yeah, I'd have thought it had some sort of sway. So Unless Stoke if Stoke are like bottom half then then maybe you'll think again. The other thing with Stoke is they got Tyrese Campbell who is probably I mean he's gotta to be top Five strikers in the division, maybe. Mm. In terms of potential, I'd say he's like top five strikers. Um, so, but I mean, look, they want the lap as well at the end of the day. So that I think the Stoke are genuine will be will be a serious rival to Albion for him. Mm. But yeah, so D- Dykes on the list, the laps on the list. Don't know who else is on the list. Don't think there's any interest in Tom Lawrence, despite reports to the contrary. Yeah, I think we need a central midfielder as well, and possibly yeah. a right wing back still. But yeah, yeah. Um, in other news, departures, or I say departure. Uh, former Albion winger Carl Edwards has joined your boys, mate. Well, yeah. Um... Ipswich Town. Yeah, formerly an Ipswich Town fan, it feels like. I don't even know what's going on there anymore. But Raheem Harper and Kyle Edwards are there. And um, Louis Barry, mate. Yeah, no one cares about him. Um, uh, hello, people still want to see that money, mate. Hello, I'll tell you that. Um, hello, people. Um, but yeah, I think that's something was brilliant on Saturday, by all accounts. But he should be in League One. Um, and yeah, I think Kyle Edwards will be exactly the same. I think he'll tear it up. I mean, I think he's a really good player, Kyle Edwards. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll do well there. Um, should we get into questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Dan Barnett, or Dan Barnett, sorry if I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, since Joe doesn't want food questions, I'll ask him if there's any possibility we dip into the loan market for some more in our quest to find the missing pieces to our puzzle. And for Luke, any recommendations on easy-to-make meals that will help me trim a few pounds? I have got no recommendations whatsoever. I just like like food that's bad for me. Me too, I love food that's bad for me. Yeah, uh, Joe. I'm assuming the loan market will be one which is utilised. 
Yeah, well, the lap would be on loan, for example. Um, yeah. Dyke would be on loan. Um, yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I, I think Matt, I think absolute maximum Albion are going to make three more signings, and I really think that's probably a stretch. I, it I, I think they'll definitely make one. I think potentially they'll make two. In my opinion, they should make three, but I don't know if they will. Ismail yeah. does seem really content with what he's got. He does kind of want the smaller squad. Um, the right back, right wing back thing is. It's a bit harsh, really, because we haven't seen Taylor Gardner Hickman play. Yeah. Um, and that is, he has been earmarked as understudy to Darnell Furlong. So we need him to be given a, a chance, really. The, I think my issue with it is let's say Taylor, look, we've got to trust Ismail's judgment at the end of the day. And Taylor Gardner Hickman was involved last season. It does, it does seem like he's got a really bright future. So I think I've not got any problem with him being Furlong's understudy this season. Yeah, um, and then getting like the odd game here and there, and coming on the sub and stuff, and they've got no. My, my issue would be if Furlong got injured and was missing for three months of the season, four months of the se- like. It's a big ask to ask Taylor Gardner Hickman to be Albion's right back for for that amount of time. Mm. Um, but then you don't want to block his pathway either, do you? You don't want to bring someone in who's going to like. So. Yeah, difficult one. I think one or two more additions, maybe three, but probably one or two. I think it'd be a stri- maybe a striking central midfielder. Will the loan market be utilised? Yeah, potentially. More than yeah, probably more than likely for the striker. If it, um. But yeah, yeah, I haven't got really any more to add to that. On that. One. Yeah. Um, Paul Chapel, do you see a need for a traditional number nine in the system we play? Someone like Gale might not actually help the team and our style, thus negating his goal contribution anyway. Do you therefore believe we'll end up with five or six players on eight to ten goals this season rather than one 25-goal player? I think we need a traditional forward. I think we need an out, a target man, if you like. Mm. Um, and they might not necessarily score that amount of goals. As, as, as like, it's like how Robson Cardinal in the season we last went up. I think he got 10 in the, in the league or something. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not a target man, but he's what I'd call a deep line forward. He, he, he holds the ball up and brings everyone else into play. And because of that, Phillips got goals, Dean Garner got goals, Pereira got goals. It's weird. Do you know what? When, it's, when Ismail said... Um, ages ago, well, I read his quote he said it to the Barnsley press that he doesn't like to call his football direct he likes to call it vertical football right yeah and when I read that I was like what, what? direct football is direct football like you can't but I get it now what he means because there's such a negative connotation to direct football yeah um, it just doesn't it, the words direct football and entertaining don't go together no. But Ismail's style is thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is direct. So so we can call it vertical if you want. But they do get the ball wood quick, forward quick, and they do go long. So for that reason, I think you need someone 
like Daryl Dyke, who can win. That's what he did at Barnsley, wasn't it? He won the ball in the air. He won a flick on. Yeah. He held it up. He brought others into play. That's that's how you get the best out of Dean Garner and Phillips and Robinson and Grant, is giving them someone to play off. Mm. Um. So, in my opinion, yeah, we need um. We need an out and out centre forward. Yeah. Um, I think everyone would agree. Chris uh, asks, now we're back in the Championship, do you know if the club is still up for sale and what the asking price is? Or will I hope for a swift return to the top flight this season in order to generate a higher selling price? Well, the club's never not been up for sale. It's, it's permanently up for sale. Uh, it's, it never comes off the market. Like, they, 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 like, they want to sell. It's as clear as that. The issue is, and we've said it on other podcasts, is... Albion are, no, are not worth nowhere near worth now what they are as a Premier League side. So, in the Premier League, they weren't able to get what they wanted for it. In the Championship, they've got no hope of being mm. able to get what they want for it. Um, so, they're still up for sale, and if but just, no one is going to pay what Lie paid for it. No one's going to do it. Just no one is going to do it. Um, so... In my opinion, th- yeah, I think this is fair, really. In my opinion, that the most likely way Albin will be sold is if they get up and stay up. Yeah. Um, so I think we're talking years, and that's the best case scenario, really. And I think what I think what helps underline that opinion is Ismail's been given a four-year deal. Mm. Um, when he was appointed Ken the CEO spoke about how he's looking forward to working with him for that amount of time and hopefully longer Um, and I think that's because everyone is realistic enough to know that they're not going to get what they what they paid for a long time Mm. Um, yeah Albion are not are not close to being sold is my understanding. Yeah. Then they're, they're nowhere near it. I'd be, I'd, I'd honestly be amazed if they if they take over up in this season. I'd be mm. amazed. Fair. Uh, Peter Venkman. Uh, two questions. One football related. One not. One. Have you seen Speed Two Cruise Control? And two. Are Albion in for? Or do they even have a passing interest in Clark Harris? I've seen Speed Two Cruise Control. Have you? No. I haven't. I haven't seen speed. I haven't seen speed one. You haven't seen the first speed. Tom Cruise on the bus. No, no, not Tom Cruise. Keanu Reeves. Sorry, on the bus. Oh right, no, I have seen that. I mean, we're going way back there, aren't we? Yeah, that's speed. The bus and it goes over fifty and then it can't go under fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen speed. And if it yeah, does, I've seen that. I thought, I thought it was some sort of like new thing. Speed two, cruise control. I think if I'm right, I'm gonna have to Google it. Was it sat on a boat? Was it Keanu Reeves again? Oh, yeah, it'll definitely be... I think so. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. You can't do the same film on a boat from a bus, surely. I have seen it. I have seen it. It wasn't very good. (laughs) I remember it now. Willem Dafoe. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, it wasn't great. It's good good fun, though. Good fun. Yeah. I won't have it. Good fun. Kind of like, kind of like Blackpool when they're in the Premier League. Not, not great, but good fun. 
Yeah, I won't be watching that. Oh, go on, give it a chance. What was it? Clark Harris. Clark Harris. So, no, there was links to Johnson Clark. That was like the first link. Like, it was basically the first link that um, was made from Albion as soon as they got promoted. Um, And I think it came out from Bristol End, Bristol Papers, which made made it have some substance. So, from my. I followed it up straight away and I was told there was absolutely no interest in it. That was when Luke Dowling was technical director though. Mm. So potentially things could change, but I don't think so. Uh, I mean, personally, I don't think so, but there certainly wasn't when those links emerged. Um, And I'd imagine it's people rehashing those, to be honest. Hmm, that's fair. Uh, Clint McCormick, do you think there's a chance we might not see the same start in 11 all season? I think rotation this season may be more crucial than ever with the style of player Ishmael wants. I think if any if any fan of any club is expecting the same start in 11 throughout the season, you're dreaming. But I, I see where Clint's coming from. Yeah, Ishmael said this. So after... The, I put a story out today on it, actually. Um, his quotes on rotation. So he... Let's let's not let's not. There's no other way to say this. But when he there was five subs last season, and Ismail often changed his entire front three in games mm. because they press from the front. They're exhausted, um, yeah. and I think it'd be massive for Albin if we had five subs this season. I think they would benefit so much, um, especially if we bring in like I expect we bring in a striker. If you're telling me. For 65 minutes, we play central striker with Grady one side and Keller Robinson the other. And then after 65 minutes, five minutes, we take the wingers off and bring on a Phillips. I mean, teams are just going to be, just not going to be able to live with that. Um, But with three substitutes, obviously that makes that much harder. Um, but he's basically said that rotation is going to be absolutely key this season. He's going to have to. He said. He, he said I'm going to have to manage them differently to how I did at Barnsley. He he said, mm. and he touched on that that like he was able to make though so many changes last season. He's not able to do that this time. So yeah, I think all the players are going to. I mean, a lot of the time when players say the players are rested, they've dropped, aren't they? But I think I think under Ismail, they genuinely will be rested. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time. Um, yeah, and they'll, they'll. I think, yeah, Grady, Callum, Carlin, they'll all have to spend a bit of time on the bench and for some weeks just play 20 minutes um, at the end. Because especially when it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, they're going to burn out. Yeah, they will. Um, two questions here, kind of linked, kind of not. Uh, Joey Gallup asks uh, any update on the Louis Barry money. Tom Stevens asks any updates on the Ferguson settlement. So the Ferguson settlement, I heard a whisper that the tribunal has actually met. Oh, a whisper. Um, but I haven't had that confirmed. I haven't really looked into it, to be honest. I need to look into it more. But yeah, they're out deliberating. Not quite sure why it's taken so long. Obviously, there is an issue with Nathan Ferguson is that he is in real trouble. Um, he's got so many like injury issues yeah, yeah. worried for, worried for him to be honest um 
Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that tribunal. I don't know whether that plays a part. It shouldn't really. Like, the tribunal should be set. They should make the decision based on what the player was worth at the time. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't kicked a ball, has he, for such a long time. He doesn't look like he's going to be kicking one anytime soon. So, yeah, a lot going on there. Um, I try and follow that up. Pro- yeah, it'd probably be easier to follow that up when the transfer window's closed, to be honest. But not much longer to go. What was the other one? Louis Barry. Oh, I mean, my God. Um, the state bar yeah, owner in. I did bar, tweet it. Yeah. He's like, you can't expect that 285 grand anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, that's a mess, isn't it? I mean, that's a mess beyond all. Yeah. We'll take Messi in return. Um, do you know what would have been really nice, right? What? Don't get, like... I've got loads to say on the Messi thing. The... It sums up like you can never. This, if you ever wanted proof that no matter what you do, you can't make everyone happy. Some yeah. fans wrote "messy traitor" on the walls of the Bernabeu yesterday, <laughs> and you're like, "My God, imagine if imagine if Messi hadn't been there for the last ten years." Yeah, I mean, he is he is not a traitor. I know he's been paid very very well for being, in my opinion, the second best player in the world. Um, but I mean, come on, like. He couldn't have done any more for you, could he? He's definitely not a traitor. Um, and then the second thing is, wouldn't it have been great if he just played for free? Like, I know... Uh, I mean, yeah, but if, I, I heard somewhere, I don't know whether this is true or not, that even if he was to play for free, that Barcelona would still be well over the league salary cap. Which is the reason he can't resign. Well, he said in his own press conference he offered to take a 50% pay cut, didn't he? Yeah. But surely, the way financial fair play works, it's like Man City can sign Grealish, can't they? Because they believe... Oh, no, sorry. Messi can... PSG can sign Messi and not break financial fair play because they believe they'll actually make more money from signing him than the revenue and shirt sales and stuff so they can get around it. So there's no doubt about it. Like, Barca would generate money imagine imagine the shirt sales imagine if Messi came out and said you know what I am so rich it's ridiculous like yeah. I'm unbelievably rich I'm here crying I don't want to leave the city my family want to we love the lifestyle we love the club I don't want to leave I'll play for one year for free the issue is it's 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 the wage cap it's the salary cap well no 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 it doesn't add anything to a wage cap or a salary cap but their salary cap apparently is already over, even if he wasn't there. So what you're saying, they can't even register him? No. That's the issue they've had. They can't even register him. Maybe. So even if he wasn't there, they're still like a quarter of a million over the, the salary cap. Because they're playing, they're paying people like Griezmann, like silly money, who's already contracted. Yeah. And he's not going to go for a move. He almost went to Athletic made... Madrid, didn't he? Well, yeah, but is he going to make the same money? Well, no, no, if I'm him, if I'm him, I'm sat there. I'm playing at Barcelona. Do I want to? Do I really want to move to Atletico Madrid? Obviously, you know, a club you played at previously, but for massively less money. No, no, no. I'm not knocking Griezmann at all. I'm just saying, like, I, yeah, look, I ain't got the answers. I just think there's, there's got to be, a, yeah. I like Messi. Maybe if he, maybe if he was a, as like a player coach, <laughs> could you do that? I don't know. But saying I take a fifty percent um, pay cut doesn't really cut it for me. 
I said I'm earning two million pounds a month. I'm going to earn one million pound a month. Oh, what a hero! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all live to our means. Maybe he's got bills to pay. God knows. If he's got bills to pay. Uh, he's got serious financial problems. <laughs> um. Okay. Next question, Chris Baines. Uh, any truth in the Shemi Ajay rumours? Because I think that's a bad move. And how's the search for a striker coming along? Um, I've not seen any Shemi Ajay rumours. Um. Have you? Me neither. I think there was some, some like rumours at the start of the window that he, someone was in for him. Can't remember. A long time ago though. Not certainly. Haven't seen anything concrete. Mm. Um. Not had anything on Shemi Ajay. Just like I had. Like, I mean, I think the, 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 the amount of stuff that's out there. I mean. A, Four, three, four weeks ago, Darnell Furlong was interested in Liverpool and Burnley. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like... Well, you even put on a Burnley accent then as well. Uh, it's just Burnley. Burnley. Um, oh, it's just so much nonsense out there. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Rob Smith, last one. Thoughts on the Al Halal video? Um, laughable. More budget. More budget put on that video than there has ever been put into... All of the Express and Star podcasts combined. What do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. They were paying actors to stand there and and clap and and I don't know which fan spoke to them outside the Hawthorns. Oh no, that was that was random, wasn't it? Yeah, like I don't even know if that was an actual fan. Was it an actual fan, or is it someone who just hired and paid? If you are, because I had like fan, a fake reporter there as well. Get didn't in I? touch. If you are that fan, get in touch. Yeah, I want details of how that happened. Yeah, I want details about how that happened as well. As, with, the, with that video, the trouble is, like, I'm each to their own. If that's how they announce signings, I'm fair enough. But obviously I haven't seen any other Al Halal videos. So I don't know how they do things. <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going it- to keep tabs on him, I am. Yeah, I mean, when he's scoring like five goals a league game because of the the quality of the competition. Do you think that'll be the case? I'm not sure if it will be. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I reckon those defenders in that league would not cut it in League Two. You don't. You're you're basing that on absolutely nothing. Yeah, I am. I'm just plucking out. Yeah. Um. But like, I I just don't get why you would play in that league if you were that good a footballer. No. If you're good, if you're good enough for the championship or the Premier League, why would you opt to play there? there must be other good players there. Like this, he's not John, uh, Jonathan Codger. I think went to the Middle East. Don't know if he's in the same league. He's gone very big on Twitter, hasn't he, Pereira? Since he left, basically, very barely tweeted really when he was at Albion. Yeah. He did his statement. Never since you haven't been able to keep him quiet. Like he's. Um, there have been like kids in our halal shirts doing the old fingers in the ears. Yeah, doesn't matter where he goes, Steve Madeley. Yeah, Steve Madeley celebrate. <laughs> Steve Madeley's got big time. Ah, <laughs> oh, so funny. I think we should we should we should uh, all chip in get Steve Madeley a holiday to the Middle East. Yeah, oh, the athletic should so send Madeley to his first game. That would be oh, hilarious. Then he could just stand up in the press box and put his fingers in his ears. <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. Right, you owe okay, Steve for that celebration, Mateus. You owe Steve. 
Yeah, it is all about Steve mainly, that's the devotion. Alright, okay, um, I've been playing Luton Town this weekend, uh, first home game of the season. Oh god, we're still um, going, aren't we? I forgot we've got to do a preview. Yeah, very quickly, very quickly. Um, should be a good opportunity for three points, but it'll be great to see the Hawthorns packed full of fans. Yes, it'll be great to see Hawthorns packed full of fans. It will just be great, to be honest, for 25,000 or however many will be there to see Ismail's team in the flesh. Completely get everyone probably watched it on TV anyway the other night, but um, I think it'll be really good to, for them to see it like live because it is, it is crazy and you obviously only get that one um, angle, this camera angle or whatever at home. So... Yeah, exciting. I think the Cawthorns is going to be bouncing. Spoke before. Um, I genuinely believe Nathan Jones is a quality manager. Yeah. Quality manager. Rambled on about this before in the past. Um, just didn't work for him at Stoke. Just genuinely don't think it didn't work for him at Stoke. For, for absolutely no other... Well, Stoke. For, for absolutely no other... Well, I'm sure there were plenty of them there, but... If you believe XG, if you look at XG tables, if you're into all that, Stoke performed under Nathan Jones. They really, really did. They just couldn't put the ball in the net for whatever reason. Um, I think when they left, they were like sixth in the XG table or maybe even higher. They really did play well under him. They just didn't score. Um, mm. So I think like people left there and he was like, is he a championship manager really? And then yeah. look at what he did at Luton when he went back. I mean, they absolutely rocketed at the league. Um, I mean, he's, he got them from League 2 to League 1. He basically got them up from League 1, but jumped ship to, to join Stoke just before promotion was confirmed. Well, not just before, yeah. it was quite a while, but they were, they were such a well-oiled machine under him that it didn't matter who came in, they just kept it ticking over, really. Currently, yeah, they were all... Am I right in saying they are already clear by quite a bit? They, they were certainly top, um, yeah. but they were just so well organised and so well. They played a diamond in League One. It was fabulous to watch. I think they're playing more four three three now. But look, you got to think like, I look. I mean, we're going crazy on Nathan Jones. Not the Nathan Jones podcast, but Luton, with the greatest respect, they're probably a League One side, aren't they? In terms of resources, I know they're getting their big, their move to their new stadium, and that things will change a bit from then, but. They're going to be small budget. They haven't got a great stadium. You think opening day, they're playing Peterborough at home. Peterborough been trying to get in the football league for God knows how long. Got some decent money behind them. You'd have thought, big day for them, Peterborough, on Saturday. Yeah. Luton smashed them 3 now. Mm. Um, yeah. De- 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 decent side of a good manager in my book. Um, but... I expect Albion to play on the way. Yeah. Any changes? Kipre, Button. Those are the two that I'd probably look at. Although you are just judging off one game. Yeah, but I mean... I feel like I'm battering Kipre and I don't mean to. And I feel like I'm battering Button as well and I really don't mean to. But again, just repeating what I said earlier, I th- personally, in my opinion, there's a difference in quality um, between between Button and Johnson and Kipfer and Ajay but yeah but will it even be Ajay I think it might I mean it could be Clark because yeah. um, I wouldn't drop O'Shea or Bartley to be fair no you can't drop them so 
if I, if it's me picking the team, Johnson would be in goal and Ajay would be in the back three, and it'd be Clark and Kipper on the bench. And we have to talk about the bench on Friday night. Like a lot, obviously, only six substitutes named. Everyone knows we need a striker. Everyone knows that Romain Soares has basically been granted permission to consider his future. And he has got a lot to consider, really. He'll be a free agent next summer. I'm sure in his heart of hearts he doesn't want to leave Albion. He wants to try and stay and get a place in the side. So it's a lot for him to think about. But you've got to remember the sheer amount of injuries Albion have got at the moment. They've got, they're missing a fair few players. Like, Rich yeah. isn't deemed fit enough yet. Snodgrass isn't deemed fit enough yet. Taylor Gardner-Hickman was injured. Matt Clark was injured. Uh, Kevin Castro. Kevin Castro was injured. Um... Yeah, so I mean, look, that bench, that one place on the bench that was wasn't filled will fill up very, very quickly, mm. um, and will be will be filled on Saturday. I mean, it, it it will be filled on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game against Luton, but I thoroughly expect Albion to win it. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait, Joe. Um, right, anything else to add, mate? No, mate. All good. All good. We've rambled on as ever, haven't we? We have. Uh, we have a phone call in between, but we've managed oh, it. Actually, there is one uh, thing I want to add. There is one thing I want to add. I want to shout out to my mate, Ali Jones, right? Go on. So, we're going to do... A, we talked ages about a podcast. We didn't... We haven't, it, that's been delayed and this, that and the other. Maybe it'll happen another day. But, yeah. So, my mate, Ali Jones. Albion fan. I only know him through Albion. I've only known him for... 18 months or so, I don't know how long he has been. But he works in rail seating, right? You know the what they're installing in stadiums? Yeah. So he's well busy at the moment because loads of clubs are um, like installing this rail seating. He was working on Friday morning in, at Manchester United, at Old Trafford, right? I think he had to go to Carrington as well, their training ground. But he spent the whole morning working in, in Manchester. Travelled up, was working in Manchester. He then... Drove all the way to Bournemouth for the Bournemouth game. Yeah. And then drove home. And the next day had to work at Liverpool and work there from like 9 till 1am. Oh. To go from Manchester to Bournemouth to Liverpool via like two or three stops in the West Midlands. It's pretty, I mean, he is a mental Albion fan. He's crazy. Um, he is a mega fan. But I think that deserves a shout out. So I think that's an heroic effort from him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he works in rail seating for a company that's actually West Bromwich based. It's called Alderdale Seating. So yeah, uh-huh. check them out because these nice. rail seats are cool. They are cool. They are. They are cool. Um, Mega effort from him. Any yeah. Albion fans have a have a longer trip than that? Get in touch. Yeah, if you have a longer trip than that, get in touch. Man. Yeah. So the Midlands to Manchester to Bournemouth to the Midlands to Liverpool back to the Midlands. <laughs> what did we do? We just did. I did Telford to Bournemouth via Birmingham. Yeah. Not the same. No. And one more thing to add. Go on. Uh, I've heard murmurings. There have been very, very early discussions about a potential charity game of football already. Well, that's, it's your dream, isn't it? I'm not really on board with it, but I'm just leaving that one to you. Well, you'll be part of the dream, so you better get on board. Yeah. I'll see if I get on board. <laughs> all right um yeah that just about does us uh for this episode make sure you um like and review if you haven't already we do really appreciate that and it helps us out so much so if you could please do it with your preferred podcast provider but otherwise from me and from massey 
a fond farewell for now. 